0: What's up, what's up, what's up? Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Drop Balls Podcast. Your favorite podcast is Favorite Sports Podcast. Yes, you heard me right. I said your favorite podcast is Favorite Sports Podcast. Hope you all are having a good week so far. I am doing this recording on a Tuesday because Wednesday I'm about to here. Thursday is, is Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hope you all have a great Thanksgiving, whether it's with your family, whether it's with your friends, or whoever it may be with. Hope you all are having a a great, happy Thanksgiving. Um, Y'all can take the macaroni and cheese, put it in the trash can, because mac and cheese is overrated. It's overrated. I don't care who makes it. it, It's overrated. Get it off the table. Make room for everything else. Um, You know, I might be the only black person in the world besides, you know, a few others like Matthew Judon and Mark Ingram, who I have on my side, who agree with me. And, you know, y'all don't want to go toe-to-toe with, with Mark Ingram and Matthew Judon because, once again, macaroni and cheese is overrated. Um, anyway, before we get started with this episode, I do want to take time to let you all know this episode is being brought to you by King's Ransom Athletic Apparel. Now, we all want to look good. We all want to feel good. But we don't want to pay a King's Ransom in order to look good and feel good. So visit krathletics.com and get your athleisure apparel. We got hoodies. We got sweatpants. We got crew necks. We got shorts, T-shirts. Socks are coming soon. Beanies, hats, all of the above. So visit krathletics.com. You don't have to pay a king's ransom to look good, feel good, play good, whatever it may be. Um, It's all athleisure apparel. You can wear it out. You can stay in and wear it. It's winter, you know, who who doesn't want a nice hoodie for wintertime, especially for a Christmas gift or whatever it may be? Um, use the code DROPBALLS to get 15% off of your first purchase. So visit, hit that link down in the description and visit kr, krathletics.com. Also, this episode is being brought to you by Thrive Fantasy app. If you like making prop bets, come prop up with us on Thrive Fantasy app. Come make this king's ransom on Thrive Fantasy app with us. Um, they take all of the guesswork, all the research out of it because they only ask you about the top-tier athletes in their respective sports. So download the app today. Hit that link down in the description. It is available in the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. And once you sign up, be sure to use the code DROPBALLS20 to get matched up to $50 on your initial deposit. Now, the initial deposit is $20 or more. It, that's, the, that's the minimum is $20. The max is whatever you put in. But they will match you up to $50 on that initial deposit. So download the app today and get to making this money with your boy. Get to making this king's ransom with your boy. Um, But anyway, let's get get into this episode, man. Let's get into this episode. Let's go over this week 11 of the NFL season. Now, we're through 11 weeks of the season. We have about, what, seven more weeks to go. Well, not counting week 12. We have about six more weeks to go because we go up to week 18. And even right now, there is no sure-shot team that you can look at and be like, they're making it to the Super Bowl. This NFL season has had the most parity in years. Like, I don't remember the last time an NFL season had this much parity in it, um, and we have a lot of parity this year. There's teams, I mean, if you look at the standings and and you look at these teams, it's, it's like it's wide open. Um, I mean, you have one team that's sitting at seven and two or no, nine and two, and that's the Arizona Cardinals. But you look at everybody else. um, If you look at the AFC, it's very it's not even top heavy. It's just like everybody is still in the hunt, like all the way down to the Cleveland Browns or the Las Vegas Raiders, Denver Denver Broncos, who are at five and five. They're still in the hunt for for a playoff spot because any given Sunday, it seems like these teams could lose. Um, in the NFC, there's a there's not as much parity, but you can still see where there's still a little bit there. I mean, you got the Minnesota Vikings right now who are sitting at five and five, and it looks like they will be they would make the playoffs. They're in like the sixth seed. Then you got New Orleans Saints who would be the 17th to get in because I believe they're letting in they're they're doing 17. teams. So you got New Orleans Saints sitting at five and five. And they're looking like they can make the playoffs as the seventh seed. But then you have the San Francisco 49ers and you got the Philadelphia Eagles who are right behind them. Um, And Philly is coming on strong. Philly actually just beat the Saints. Philly's coming on strong with that run game. So, you know, this this season has a lot of parody in it and and I'm loving every bit of it. It's it's, it's nice. It's nice to see um, where just no team is just running away with everything. Um, But anyway, let's get to the Thursday night game. The kickoff week 11, and that was the New England Patriots versus the Atlanta Falcons, and Atlanta was no match for the Patriots. The Patriots shut down everything Atlanta was trying to do. They played a lot of zone. I believe they were, like, in zone 80% of the time, um, which they're usually a man-covered team, but they were in zone about 80% of the time against the Atlanta Falcons, and this was a way to take away um, Kyle Pitts. They wanted to take away Kyle Pitts and make sure that Matt Ryan didn't have his number one threat to throw to, and they did exactly that. He only had 29 yards on three receptions. Matt Ryan was picked off twice. Then Josh Rosen came in in the fourth quarter, and he was picked off for a pick six on like his third pass. Felipe Franks came in on the next drive. He was picked off, and this might be the first time in history where three quarterbacks for one team threw interceptions. Um, Mac Jones, he had one touchdown, one interception. He was Twenty-two for twenty-six, two hundred and seven yards. They ran the ball really well. They had thirty carries, one hundred and thirty-four yards, averaging four and a half yards per carry. And they held. They held the Falcons to forty yards rushing, two and a half yards per carry. So the the Patriots defense went out there and did what they needed to do. And then the offense, they you know they they held the ball. They they held the ball. I believe they in the time of possession. The, the Patriots had 32 minutes to the Falcons, 27 minutes. So they kept Matt Ryan and that offense on the sideline, and they did what they needed to do to get this dub. Sunday, you know, we go to the Sunday games, and y'all already know how I'm feeling right now because I told y'all last week, and I've been telling y'all this all season, the Colts aren't as bad as their record may seem. It's about getting healthy and about getting going at the right time and finding our way. Now, early on in the season, we wasn't running the ball as much as we were, we were running it now. And maybe that was Frank Wright's plan all along, but we wasn't running the ball as we are now. Um, and we came out and we just completely destroyed the Buffalo Bills. We turned their offense straight one-dimensional, which it already is, but we made sure it stayed that way. Um, but we beat them 41-15. to 15. We forced Josh Allen to throw in two interceptions. He did throw two touchdowns, but he also threw two interceptions. They ran the ball fairly well, so I don't know why they really decided to get away from the running game. They ran the ball 13 carries, 91 yards. They were averaging seven yards a carry. But when, when – I mean, they bring in Matt Breida, and he ran five times for 51 yards. He was averaging 10.5 yards a carry or 10.2 yards a carry. Once again, I don't know why they get away from the running game so quick, but that's what they decided to do, and – it 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 hurt them. I told y'all if the Colts had a game plan going into this game, we were going to win. And we had a game plan. Coming into this game, the Buffalo Bills had a top five rushing defense. They were only allowing about 71.8 yards a game. And we came out here and put up 264 yards against a top five rushing defense. Um, Jonathan Taylor, 32 carries, 185 yards, four touchdowns, averaging 5.8 yards a carry. And I mean, Naheem Himes, four carries, 31 yards. Then you had Carson Wentz, who had two carries, 18 yards. Um, And Carson Wentz converted a big third down where he escaped the sack and took off for about 12, 13 yards downfield to get us, you know, to get the first down and, and, you know, keep the drive alive. Now, Carson Wentz didn't throw the ball a lot. He threw the ball 20 times, had 11 completions, 106 yards, one touchdown. He did what he needed to do. He did exactly what we needed him to do. Um, and it was raining and sleeting out there, and Buffalo still decided they wanted to run or they wanted to go with their passing game. Once again, I don't know why they get a, get away from the run so quickly, but that's what they did, and they paid for it. Um, and our defense played lights out, man. Our defense did what they needed to do. They played light, lights out. The leading receiver for, for the Buffalo Bills was Dawson Knox, their tight end. He had six receptions, 80 yards, so he was their leading reception or receiver. Now, Stefan Diggs did have two touchdowns, but he only had four receptions for 23 yards and two touchdowns. Um, but like I said, we beat them 41 to 15. It wasn't even it wasn't even close. And like I said, our defense did not take their foot off their necks. They kept applying pressure. They didn't go into that soft-ass zone that they did against the Baltimore Ravens. And whenever else we, we get a lead, they decide they want to go into some soft zone coverage. And we didn't do that this game. We kept our foot on their neck, kept pr- applying pressure, and got the job done. And now my, co- my coats are rolling. We six and five. We're above 500. I told y'all, I could see 12 and six. I could see 11, or uh, twelve and, twelve and and uh, 12 and five, or 11 and six. I could, I could see those two records, and now we do have a rough stretch. We got Buffalo, we got Oakland, we got the Cardinals. Um, Oakland, you know, that might be an easy dub, but we got the Cardinals. Uh, then we play the, the Texans and the Jags again, and then we play the Patriots as well. So we, we got a tough little schedule going forward, but as long as we can stick to our game plan and get the job done, we, we, we out there. Um, the next game was the the Chicago Bears versus the Baltimore Ravens. And, you know, before la- or last week, I did pick the Baltimore Ravens to, to win this game. But that was before I knew that they would be without Lamar Jackson, without uh, Hollywood Brown. Um, but even without Hollywood and, and Lamar Jackson, the Ravens were still able to get the dub. Um, the Bears took a late lead. They got the lead in the fourth quarter behind Andy Dalton because Justin Fields went out with a rib injury before. I believe it was before halftime. Um, He went out with a rib injury. Andy Dalton came in and he threw two touchdowns. One of the touchdowns was late in the fourth quarter to give the Chicago Bears the lead. But then the Chicago Bears defense, a defense that was playing great the whole game, they just folded in the fourth quarter. And they allowed Tyler Huntley and that Baltimore Ravens offense to drive the field and score a touchdown with like, I want to say it was like 30 to 20 seconds left on the clock. Um and that did not bode well for the Chicago Bears. And now the Chicago Bears dropped down to three and seven and the Baltimore Ravens they continue they continue rolling at seven and three. And I don't know how John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson have been able to do it, but they're they're out here rattling off wins with with an injured ass roster, a very injured roster. they're rattling off wins. Um, once again, Lamar Jackson did not play, but still like that team was able to to catch a dub. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about the Browns and the Lions, but I do want to know because, you know, before before the Odell trade or before Odell was cut, everything was Odell's fault. The, the reason for, for Cleveland's issues was Odell's fault. And now Cleveland did get the dub against the Detroit Lions, but it was 13-10, to 10, and Tim Boyle, who only had 77 yards passing, almost led the Detroit Lions to a victory over the Cleveland Browns. Um Baker Mayfield did not have a great game and this is the second week in a row that Baker Mayfield's game that Baker Mayfield has not played well. Um like I said before it was all Odell's fault. Then he got cut. The bank the the uh Browns came out here and beat the Bengals. They just destroyed the Bengals, knocked the doors off the Bengals. Baker played a very good game, but he also had a very good run game that game. Um you know behind Nick Chubb but he also had a very good defense. Defense showed up and played lights out that game. Then the next week, um, they played they played the Patriots and got the doors blown off of them against the Patriots. And now, granted, Nick Chubb wasn't there, but they still had they still got ninety nine yards rushing from Dearness Johnson. But Baker didn't play well. And then now against the Detroit Lions, Baker didn't play well. He was fifteen for twenty nine, one hundred and seventy six yards, a touchdown, and a, and two interceptions, and one of them. He missed Jarvis Landry cutting across the field and just overthrew Jarvis Landry. And once again, now, did Jarvis Landry freelance his route? Or is Baker just not that dude? Um, I mean, I I get it. He went on an 11-game stretch last year after Odell got hurt, and he balled out because he wasn't forcing the ball to Odell, whatever, whatever. But Odell's gone now. He can no longer be the scapegoat. He still had a legit rushing attack yesterday because Nick Chubb had 22 carries, 130 yards. He was averaging five, 5.9 yards a carry. is Johnson, 5 carries, 26 yards, 5.2 yards a carry. So what's the issue at this point? Are we going to blame the shoulder, the left shoulder, his non-throwing shoulder? We're going to blame his foot? We're going to blame his knee? Like, what are we blaming now? Because the scapegoat is gone. The scapegoat that they, that they used is gone. So, But don't give me that he's injured. This is the worst he's ever been injured. And, and when he went out and did to the Bengals what, he, what they did to the Bengals, he had a good game against the Bengals. He was efficient, and he threw for, like, over 200 yards, and I think he had, like, two touchdowns. So I, I don't want to hear the injury because when he does good, nobody claims his injury. But when he does bad, that's when everybody wants to use the injury and then use Odell as the scapegoat. Odell's no longer there. But um, DeAndre Swift, he had him a game, 14 carries, 136 yards, one touchdown. He did what he needed to do. He also, you know, gave me some good points on my fantasy team. Um, I know, And I know fantasy managers were happy with Jonathan Taylor because he gave everybody, like, over 50 points. So I know they were happy with that. Um, we're going to take it back to the AFC South, and we had the Texans versus the Titans. And the Texans came out with a dub. Um, they, they beat the Titans 22-13. Ryan Tannehill, he had 323 yards passing, one touchdown, but the man threw four interceptions. Um that offense looks pedestrian without Derrick Henry back there. Their defense is still, their defense, their defense is still legit, but that offense does not look good at all. Not without Derrick Henry. Um or just without the run game, I I guess we we could say. But Derrick Henry was a big part of that. I mean, he was the the he was that run game. Um and they just they just don't look right. Um, Tyrod Taylor had two rushing touchdowns. He had 28 yards carrying or 28 yards uh, rushing. He had 107 yards passing, 14 for 24, um, and 107 yards passing. And the, the Texans just went out there and did what they what they needed to do. Um, at this point of the season, teams are trying to play spoiler, so you got to watch out for these teams because these are trap games. Um, I picked the Titans to win. I thought they would have went out there and won because they beat the Rams, they beat the uh, the Saints. So I thought you know they was rolling um but this was a trap game for the Titans and they got trapped at home 22 to 13 and like I said at this point in the season teams are playing spoiler they don't they don't they know their they know their season is gone so they're just trying to ruin somebody else's season um then we had the Packers and the Vikings so the only team out of the NFC North to win this week was the Vikings. And that's because they beat the Green Bay Packers. We had the Lions lose, we had the Chicago Bears lose, and then Green Bay lost to them, and so the Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins, he was he was amazing. Like he had a really good, really efficient game, 24 for 35, 341 yards, three touchdowns. Um Justin Jefferson had eight receptions, 169 yards. Two touchdowns and Adam Thielen had eight receptions, 82 yards and a touchdown. Now Aaron Rodgers didn't play bad either. Aaron Rodgers played an amazing game, but their defense folded when they needed them the most, and that was on the last drive of the game. Aaron Rodgers on the on their last drive, Aaron Rodgers scored a touchdown, put them up 31 to, um, or I guess they tied it 31-31, um, and then the Vikings came down. Actually, let me let me make sure because I, I I if I remember correctly. The Vikings kicked the field goal to win to win the game. Yeah, so Aaron Rodgers he came down tied the game 31-31, um, and really it was on one play, <laughs> a 75-yard bomb to Marquez Marquez Valdez Scantlin, um, and they they scored a touchdown. Then the Vikings got the ball back, drove the field, and kicked the game-winning field goal to put them up 34-31. So the defense folded when the offense needed them to make a needed them to make plays. Um, but Aaron Rodgers, he was 23 for 33, 385 yards, four touchdowns. Um, Valdez Scantlin had one hundred and three yard, 123 yards receiving with one touchdown. Devontae Adams, 115 yards receiving with two touchdowns. Um, Joshua Deguera, I believe that's how you say his name. He had 37 yards reception or receiving with one touchdown. A.J. Dillon, he did what he needed to do on the ground. 11 carries, 53 yards, 4.8 yards a carry. But the Vikings, they they were just too much for them, and the Vikings took this dub. Um, so that moves the Vikings, I believe, to five and six, or no, five and five. Um, so they're looking to make a playoff push as well, and they may be a dark horse to get into the playoffs. Actually, at this at this moment, I think they're like the six uh, the sixth seed in the playoffs right now. So they're looking like they're going to make the playoffs, so they can continue winning games. I really don't think the Vikings are as bad as their record says. Um, they're, they're a missed field goal away from beating the, the Arizona Cardinals. If, if their kicker did not kick the ball wide left, they would have beat the Cardinals. Um, we had the Dolphins, Jets, not really going to get into that game because it's the Dolphins and the Jets. Um, the Saints and the Eagles. And, you know, I got to give a round of applause to the Philadelphia Eagles and Nick Sirianni because he has figured out what works for that team. And that's running the ball. This is one thing I have been saying all season up until this point is that the Philadelphia Eagles need to run the ball. They need to pretty much do their offense like like the Ravens did their offense for the first few years with with Lamar Jackson. And that's going to help Jalen Hurts. That's going to take a lot of pressure off of him. And that's going to go to his strengths. And they beat the New Orleans Saints. I picked them to beat the Saints because I knew, I just knew what they were going to do. Um, but I, I picked them to beat the Saints. They won 40 to 29, and really this game wasn't as close as the score made it seem. It, um, going into the fourth quarter, it was like, it was what, 30, 33 to seven going into the fourth quarter. Um, the Saints scored 22 points in the fourth quarter. So that lets you, they got a lot of garbage time touchdowns um, where the Philadelphia was probably playing like a lot of prevent defense in the fourth quarter, just, you know, whatever. But they, they got garbage time touchdowns. Uh, Trevor Simeon, he was 22 of 40, 214 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. They ran the ball fairly well. They had 22 carries, 109 yards, um, and at 5.1 yards a carry and a touchdown, which was from Trevor Simeon. Now, when we look at the Philadelphia Eagles, though, Jalen Hurts only threw the ball 24 times, they ran the ball 50 times. 50 times. They were averaging 4.8 yards a carry. They had 242 yards on the ground. Jalen Hurts was 13-24, 147 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, but he had three touchdowns on the ground. And they had that RPO game going flawlessly. It was working flawlessly, that, that zone read working working amazing. Like, <laughs> it, it, it just worked. It, it worked for them. And this is exactly what I said they needed to do um, because that would help Jalen Hurts develop and that would help the Eagles win some games. Um, We had the Washington football team beat the Carolina Panthers. Cam Newton had a pretty good game, but you gotta give some hats off to Tyler Tyler Heineke, Taylor Heineke, Taylor Heineke. Um, You gotta give hats off to him. Um, He played a really good game as well, I believe. He had like three passing touchdowns. Um, He was 16 for 22, 206 yards and three passing touchdowns. So he had a very good game um Cam Newton was 21 to 27, 189 yards and two touchdowns. And their defense gave up some key, some key points. The Panthers defense gave up some points when you know they needed them to stand tall. That was that was really the theme for this weekend. Um defense is just folding. Defense is just folding and not doing what they're supposed to do. Um 49ers came out and beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 30 to 10. That's expected. Jacksonville is really not that good. 49ers are getting on the right track at the right time of the season. Bengals came back from that that defeat that they suffered against the Cleveland Browns to beat the ball or to beat the the Las Vegas Raiders 32 to 13 and the Raiders look like they're faltering. Um and I don't I don't really think that is on that's not on uh Derek Carr, but who that's really on is that that defense. Um and the reason I say that is because their rushing defense is isn't that good? They're probably, I think, the fourth worst in the league right now. Um, allowing let me let me look it up because I their, their rushing defense is terrible and they're allowing give me a second looking it up right now. They are, yeah, they're the fourth worst in the league. They're allowing 132 yards a game on the ground, and the Bengals exposed that, they exploited that uh Joe Mixon had 30 carries, 123 yards and two touchdowns. I don't know why he gets disrespected so much on everybody's top 10 list. He's definitely a top 10 running back in the league. Definitely a top 10 running back in the league. But the Bengals went out there and handled business. Um they got beat by the Browns. They had a bye week. They came off that bye week or no. Did they have their bye week already? I think that yeah, I think after the Browns play, or after that Browns game, they had a bye week. Let me let me make sure. Yeah, they had their bye week after that Browns game, um, and they got it together. They came back, and they beat the Las Vegas Raiders. So they did exactly what they needed to do. They stay in the playoff hunt as well. They're at 6-4, I think, right now. Um, all right, and so let's get into this Sunday afternoon game, the most anticipated game. Um, it was the Dallas Cowboys versus the Kansas City Chiefs, and Kansas City won this game 19-9. to Now, if you would have told me that Kansas City will hold the Dallas Cowboys to nine points— and the Dallas Cowboys will hold Kansas City to 19 points at home, I would have thought you was lying. Um, I did say take the over in this game for points. But when I went to make my bet, part of me said, what if this is a low-scoring game? And, you know, but like I said, if you would have told me it was going to be 19-9, I would have thought you were lying. Because in my mind, I was like, yeah, nah, this this isn't going to be a low-scoring game. This is going to be a high-scoring game. Even when I had something telling me, what if this is going to be a low-scoring game? I said, nah, hell nah, that can't happen. Because you have the, the, the I, I guess, the best offense in the league, the Dallas Cowboys, because they were the, the highest-scoring offense, and they got the most yards per game on offense. Um, that they were only going to score nine points this game? Yeah, come on now. And in Kansas City, we all know what Kansas City can do. Um, they can light it up. But if you, if you would have told me it was going to be 19-9 and the defenses would show up the way they did, I would have thought you were crazy. Um, Kansas City, they committed on defense to stopping the run and putting the ball in Dak's hands. Like, Dak, you're going to have to go out there and beat us with no Amari Cooper. That's what you're going to need to do. Um, on defense, Kansas City, they committed to stopping the run. Like I said, they would blitz backside, slant the, the defense alignment, and blitz on the backside to prevent the cutback. Um, and they were just there on the run, stopping the run game. Um, not only that, but the, the acquisition of uh, – not Melvin. Is it Melvin Ingram? I think it's Melvin Ingram. The acquisition of uh, Melvin Ingram um, – let me make sure because I don't want to – I don't know. Yeah, Melvin Ingram. The acquisition of him um, on the defensive line as the, the defensive and outside backer, the acquisition of him has allowed – for the Kansas City Chiefs to put Chris Jones back in the middle of the defense. And that has paid big dividends for him and for the for that defense. And not only that, but if you watch this game against the Dallas Cowboys, Chris Jones just picked his poison. He moved from Zach Martin to whoever the other offensive guard is to the offensive tackle. and like He was just whooping them all, like just whooping all of them and doing what he needed to do. I believe he had like three sacks on Dak uh, – if I remember, he had three and a half sacks. He had a, a fumble recovery, had two tackle for losses. Like he was out there doing the damn thing. Um, and so he he balled out. And like I said, him moving back into the middle of that defense has paid dividends for Kansas City, paid dividends for him. He's reminded people why he's the second best defensive tackle in the league behind Aaron Donald. Um, but they they ran the ball very well. They ran the ball 26 times. They only threw the ball 37 times. So that I think that's a, a fairly balanced offense for Kansas City. Um, they had 126 yards on the ground, 4.8 yards a carry, two touchdowns. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was 23 for 37, 260 yards, one interception. Neither one of these quarterbacks threw a, a, a touchdown this game. Dak Prescott was 28 of 43. 216 yards, two interceptions, and I think he also had a fumble. They only ran the ball 16 times. There was no point in this game where they were down big enough to just avoid running the ball altogether. And now I know being in a hostile environment where it's going to be loud at Arrowhead Stadium, um, you're probably not going to call a lot of – you're probably not going to check out of plays. Like You're going to run whatever was called. So that just lets me know Kellen Moore – probably called just called a lot of run a lot of passing plays. Kellen Moore called a lot of passing plays and when he should have been calling run plays to try to establish that run game, like I said there was no reason to just avert from the run altogether. I mean, what? Tony Tony Pollard had 7 carries, Ezekiel Elliott had 9. Like there there was no reason to just go away from the run, running game. No reason whatsoever. Um but Kansas City showed up. Their defense showed up. Dallas' defense showed up as well. Like I said, if if, if you would have told me Dallas' defense would have held Kansas City to 19 points, I would have thought you were crazy. But they showed up. They did the damn thing. Michael Parsons played like a man possessed. Um, he had two sacks, two tackles for losses, four tackles on the day. But he played like a man possessed. And he went out there and did his did the damn thing. Um, it looks like they're just letting him get out to the quarterback. Um, they're putting him down on the line where there's his hand in the dirt or standing straight up, and he's just going after the quarterback. It's like, you see where the ball is? Go get the ball, rather than having him dropping back in coverage and doing all that other stuff they wanted him to do at the beginning of the year. Um, but he he looks, he looks good, man. Defensive player of the year, defensive rookie of the year. Like, he's in those conversations for sure. Um, but Dallas is going to have to straighten up because this was like – this was the second team that they played that are le- that's a legit Super Bowl contender. First game was the D- the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, and we all know how that ended. Tom Brady got the ball at the last, you know, at the the last possession, and they went down and kicked the field goal. Um, but the Kansas City Chiefs, they're I mean, these are the two teams that were in the Super Bowl last year, the Chiefs and and Tampa Bay. So they're legit Super Bowl contenders, and the Chiefs are rolling at the right time of the season. So. This is the second time they've gone against a Super Bowl contender, and the second time they have lost. I don't think the Chargers are a contender for the Super Bowl. They're going to make the playoffs, but I don't think they're a contender. Um, Patriots, same thing. I think they'll make the playoffs, but I don't think they're a legit contender for the Super Bowl. Um, every other team they've played, they're just middle of the pack. And actually, when they played the Patriots, the Patriots were two and four, or like two and three, or something like that, and they were zero and four, or zero and three at home. So that was the fourth game they lost at home. So even the Patriots at that time was not, like, a very good team. And Dallas came out and they won that game. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's just, you know, it's, it's – at first I was like, Dallas is for real. But then you go back and look at the schedule and they're just be- – they're beating up on sorry-ass teams. They weren't – I mean, they're beating up on bad teams. Um they beat the Eagles. The Eagles were nothing at that point in time. They beat the Panthers. We all know how to, we all know where the Panthers are at this point. I mean, they were 3-0 at the time. So I, I will give them that. They were 3-0 at the time that they played uh played the, the the Cowboys, but we were all still like, okay, are the Panthers legit? Or did the Panthers just not play nobody? Um the Giants, we know about them, Patriots, like I said, they weren't really good at the time. Vikings were kind of middle of the package. They still wasn't, I mean, they weren't rolling until late. They were 3-3 and at the time. They were just barely 500 at the time. Um, Then took a big L to the Broncos and then beat the Falcons, who we all know the Falcons are terrible. Um, So Dallas, you know, they play the Raiders this weekend, or not this weekend. They play the Raiders on Thursday, um, Thanksgiving. And, you know, I'll give you all my picks later on that game, but and I'll tell y'all why I made my pick the way I did. Um, but moving on, we had the Arizona Cardinals versus the Seahawks. And the Cardinals, without Kyler Murray, without DeHop, without Chase Edmonds, they still came out and ha- handled business in a divisional game. Um, this is the – I think this is the first time they played the Seahawks this season. Um, they play them again the last game of the season. But they had Colt McCoy doing his best Kyler Murray impression. He was 35 of 44, 328 yards, two touchdowns. He had six uh rush attempts, 18 yards, but he did the damn thing. He did what he needed to do. They got the dub. Um and I don't I just don't know where Seattle goes from here. They're they're not that good of a team right now. Defensively they're lacking, offensively they're lacking. Um even with Russell Wilson back, they just don't look good. They don't look like a good team at all. Um and you know, some people they're saying like, "Hey, Maybe it's time to move on for us. Russ. Trade Russell Wilson, get some draft capital, free up some some cap space so that way you can rebuild this team, retool this team, retool the defense, retool that offensive line, go get you a running game um, or go get you a legit running back so that way you can get your running game. Chris Carson's a legit back, but he can never stay healthy. So you got to go get you a running back that can stay healthy. Because, um, I mean, if you remember the years that Seattle was really winning, they had a rookie, or not a rookie, but a, a a quarterback under his rookie contract in Russell Wilson. Defense was the best defense in the league at the time. And the run game was legit. And that's what they needed to win games and make the Super Bowl. Like, that's, that's what that team was built on. Um, so at this point, you know, it might make sense to trade Russell Wilson and try to get some capital back for him. Because uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure you can get a lot of capital for Russell Wilson. I mean... He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now, so I'm pretty sure you could get a lot of capital back from for him. Um, but the Seahawks, they're better when they run the ball and play legit defense and just have a quarterback that can game manage and make plays here and there, which that's what Russell Wilson was at the time they were winning games. Um, but the Cardinals continue rolling. They're they're now 9-2. and two. Um, They seem like a legit contender. They really do seem like a legit contender, and um, moving forward, like what they have, they have the Bears, the Rams, the Lions, the Colts, the Cowboys and the Seahawks. So these are all very winnable games for them. Um, the Cowboys and the Colts, the the Colts, Rams and Cowboys, I think, will be a big test for the for the Cardinals. Um, but the Bears, the Lions and the Seahawks, I, I think they got those games in the bag. They got those games in the back. And you know I ain't gonna bet against my Colts. You already know I'm picking the Colts against the Cardinals, especially how they're playing lately. Um so then we go to the, the Sunday night game. We got the Chargers versus the Steelers. This was a really good game. Um it was a high-scoring game, 41 to 37. Chargers go ahead and take this dub. I picked the Chargers to win this game, but they almost gave it away at the end because they went for it for fourth, like fourth and two on their own side of the field. you know, all this analytic stuff, I get it, but sometimes you got to just make the smart plays. Um, but it was a turnover on downs. It was fourth and one on the Chargers, 34. So you gave the Pittsburgh Steelers a short field where the game is tied 34-34, and I believe it was like three minutes left. Um, unfortunately, or fortunately, the Chargers' defense went out there and got a stop, forced a field goal. That put Pitt up 37-34. And then the next possession... Um, it took them three plays to score. They, <laughs> the Chargers, uh, Justin Herbert threw a pass to to uh, Mike Williams, and Mike Williams took it 53 yards for a touchdown. So that that was a big touchdown for them, put them up 41-37, and then the Steelers just couldn't get back, you know, get back downfield to to get in the end zone. Um, the Chargers defense came up big. They didn't fold. They didn't hold. I mean, they held them, and they did what they needed to do. But Big Ben had a pretty solid game. Um, He was 28 of 44, 273 yards, three touchdowns. Um, Their run game really couldn't get going. They were only averaging 3.1 yards a carry. Najee Harris had 12 carries for 39 yards. They ran the ball 18 times for 55 yards. That's crazy. On the other side, the flip side, the L.A. Chargers, Justin Herbert went 30 for 41, 382 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, and he also had nine carries for 90 yards. And I think that helps them a lot, especially going forward. But even in this game, they had 26 rush attempts, 159 yards, averaging 6.1 yards a carry, and two touchdowns. Um, the, but the reason I think Justin Herbert putting on film that he could run the ball helps them is because now teams, don't, now teams know that he can take off. So it's going to be harder to play man-to-man against Justin Herbert when you know that he can run the ball. So now you got to go back and drop back in zone. And so if you're dropping back in zone, Justin Herbert being the quarterback that he is can probably pick you apart in the zone defense. So that's good for, for Justin Herbert and the LA Chargers offense moving forward. Now they're six and four. They're in playoff contention in the AFC. Like I said, the AFC is wide open. It is wide open. You have teams that are losing, that shouldn't be losing, and you got teams, you know, rolling at the right time. The AFC is wide, wide the hell open. Then we had the Monday night game, the Bunk- the Buccaneers versus the New York Giants. We all knew the New York Giants were going to lose this game. They're just not a good team. They went on to fire uh Jason Garrett yesterday or yesterday on on Monday or no, what was it? Tuesday. I don't know. No. It was today Wednesday? Yeah, so they fired Jason Garrett today on Tuesday. Um and so, you know, it it they they're just not a good team. And, I mean, Daniel Jones, he's back to his usual stuff, turning over the ball. He had two interceptions this game. Tom Brady, he was 30 for 46, 307 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Um, their run game couldn't really get going. They 27 rush attempts, 94 yards, 3.5 yards a carry. So it wasn't that good. Um, now, the Giants, they were able to run the ball pretty well, but they only ran the ball 13 times. 13 times for 66 yards. So they're averaging 5.1 yards a carry. So, I mean, they ran the ball fairly well, but they just, you know, they got away from the running game. And like I said, Daniel Jones threw the ball 38 times. We all knew that the Buccaneers were going to win this game. Like, we had to have known that. Um, We're going to move on to week 12. I'm not taking a break. I'm just getting through this episode. We're not taking any breaks, no cuts in the show. We just gonna keep rolling right through the episode. It's not gonna be a, a long episode. So, you know, we can keep it keep it going, keep it pushing. So Thursday, we have the Bears versus the Lions, the Raiders versus the Cowboys, and the Bills versus the Saints. These are the Thursday Thanksgiving games. Um, and so I'm taking the Bears versus the Lions. The Lions aren't that good of a team. And I think the Bears are gonna bounce back from that loss against the the Ravens. Um and you got got, uh, what's his name? Um, the quarterback. (laughs) Um, I can't even think of the boy name. Uh, the red rifle. I think that's Andy Dalton. That's right. So you got Andy Dalton starting this game. Um, I think he gives them a chance to win. I honestly, I think Justin Fields gives them a chance to win, but he's hurt. So, you know, Andy Dalton gets the nod against the lions. And I think they still have a chance to win this game because Andy Dalton's you know, he's a veteran. He he knows how to go out there and win some games. They would have won against the Ravens, but the defense folded. Um, so I think they go out here and get the dub against the Lions. I don't think Jared Goff is starting this week. I think it's gonna be Tim Boyle again. So yeah, I, I trust <laughs> I trust the Chicago Bears defense is gonna give him some hell. Um Then we got the Raiders versus the Cowboys. Now, you know, this one for me is kind of up in the air. Actually, my bad. Let's go back to Chicago and the Lions. So Chicago they're playing in Detroit. In Chicago, they're three-point favorites. That lets me know that there's not a lot of confidence in the Lions in this game. All right, now let's go to the Cowboys and the Raiders. So the Cowboys are seven-and-a-half-point favorites for this game. Um, and really the key for this game, the Cowboys have to establish the run game, man. They can't, they can't get away from the run game like they did against the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, when you have a Raiders team who is... I think the fourth worst rushing defense in the league, I believe they're allowing somewhere around like 132 yards a game on the ground. You have to establish the run, whether it's with Tony Pollard. Um, I mean, Zeke, he looks like, I don't know, he looks like he hit a wall. I know he's injured. He has the knee injury. Um, so, But you still have to establish the run, whether it's just splitting the carries between Zeke and Pollard. you got to get that run game going, get that play action working. I also think they're going to be without CeeDee Lamb this game. We already know. No, Amari Cooper because of the COVID protocols. Um, so no, Amari Cooper. So I think you're without C.D. and I think you're out without C.D. Lamb because if he got a concussion on Sunday, and you're just talking about he's going to turn around and play four days later, especially with the new with the NFL protocols for concussions, I'm not buying that. So I think they're going to be without C.D. Lamb. So at this point, you got to establish the run game. You got to establish that, work off a of play action, and and do all of that. Um, and I think that if they do that, the Cowboys can come away with a victory. If they put the game in Dak's hands and force him to throw the ball against a defense that is pretty good against the pass, I don't think they win this game, especially when you're missing your two best receivers. I don't think you win that game with Cedric Wilson and Noah Brown at your receiver position. I I, I can't see that. You got to establish the run. I think the Cowboys do that. They're at home, so they can call audibles. They can do all of that. So um, it's easier because it's not it's not going to be as loud when they're on offense. So I think the Cowboys establish the run game and they go out there and get they get this dub. Um then you got the Bills at the, or the Bills and the Saints. They are in New Orleans at the Superdome. Um Buffalo's six-point favorite, so there's not a lot of confidence in the Saints. And I mean Buffalo could very well get it going here late or get it going after that loss that they took to the, the Indianapolis Colts. Um and honestly, I'm picking the Saints. I think their defense is going to hold the Bills, and I think they're going to establish that run game. They're going to do exactly what the Colts did, establish that run game. Like I said earlier, the Bills hadn't really played a top five rushing attack besides the Tennessee Titans by the time they came to play us. Um, and even then, they gave up a lot of yards. So I think the Saints established that run game. I hope they get Kamara back. If they don't, then I think uh, Mark Ingram can carry the load. and um they establish that run game and they get things going and they they hold the Bills on defense. The Bills are too one-dimensional to, to, to make any kind of noise at this point. Unless they decide to establish the run game, I, I don't see the Bills really taking off like we wanted them to take off. They got to find some some lick of the run game. They got to. Um, then we go into the Sunday slate of games. And the first game you know on the list is the Colts versus the Buccaneers. The Colts are at home. Um, we're going up against another top ten rushing defense and or top five rushing defense at that. And to be honest with you, I think we can win this game. We've played um, I want to say we've played three top ten rushing defenses, and that's the we played the Titans twice and we didn't run the ball a lot against them. We ran the ball, I think, ten times the first game, fifteen times the second game. Each of those games we had over eighty yards, eighty yards rushing. Um had we or no, my bad. We ran 10 times with Jonathan Taylor, 15 times with Jonathan Taylor in the second game, 10 times in the first game. Um, But altogether, we had 83 83 rushing yards in the first game, 87 in the second game. And had we kept running the ball, I honestly think we could have established more yards and we probably could have beat them. Um, And then, of course, against the Buffalo Bills, we put up 264 yards on them, who at that time Came in only allowing seventy one point eight yards per game on the ground. Um, same with the Baltimore Ravens, we put up like one hundred and twenty three against them. So we're going against the Buccaneers, who's like I believe top three in rushing um, in rushing defense. They do get back Vita Vea, so that should help them a little bit. But after seeing the success that the New York Giants had this this past week um, against the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers running the ball, I think we can still have some success because. We have one of the best run-blocking offensive lines in the game right now. And then we have one of the best backs in the game right now. Well, actually, since Derrick Henry's hurt, Jonathan Taylor probably is the best back in the game right now. Um, and so the way we block the double teams, the double team blocking, the uh, motion motion people backside to block the blitzer, uh, everything that we do in our blocking scheme I think will help us against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and that'll help open up the passing, the passing game, even though Tampa Bay's passing defense isn't really that good. Their rushing defense is where it's at, though. Um, but we we double team on the line to get up to the linebackers. Once we get off the line get up to the linebackers, one blocker uh, you know, falls off and takes on the linebacker, and boom, we're off to the races. We get a lot of we get a lot of it to where the defense is tilted to one side and Jonathan Taylor just has a, a big ass hole to run through so i think we could win this game um the key on defense though is if we're going to sit back in zone we have to we have to have a pass rush we have to get back to the tom brady because if you just allow him all day to sit back there to throw the ball it's not going to work it's not going to work out good for us because tom Brady's just going to pick that zone apart and it's going gonna, gonna to be all bad so we gotta we have to create a pass rush we got to get back there to tom brady knock him down a few times get a couple sacks um, to throw him off his timing, off his game. Um, then we got the the Steelers and the Bengals. I got the Bengals winning this game against the Pittsburgh Steelers and keeping their playoff hopes moving forward. Um, then we got the Panthers versus the Dolphins. I'm riding with the Panthers on this one. They're going to Miami. Carolina's two-point two favorites. I'm riding with the Panthers. There's not a lot of confidence in the Dolphins to win this game at home, so I'm riding with the Panthers, that defense, and Cam Newton to get the job done and win that game. Um, we got the Titans and the Patriots. Uh, they're in New England. They're in Foxborough, so I'm I'm rocking with the Patriots to win this game. Um, we know Bill Belichick's going to do what he needs to do to get that defense right against the Tennessee Titans um, and put the ball in Ryan Tannehill's hands. You you want you, they're going to put the ball in Ryan Tannehill's hands and trust that he's going to make mistakes. They're not going to allow them to run the ball, um, especially with Derrick Henry not there. Their offense just looks pedestrian. Um, so I got the Patriots winning this game in Foxborough. Um, then we got the Eagles and the Giants. I got the Eagles, the Eagles taking this game in New York. Um, Phillies three-and-a-half-point favorites in New York. So there's not really a lot of faith right there against the Giants. Also, I don't know what they do moving forward with no offensive coordinator since Jason Garrett is gone. So I like the Eagles' chances to get this dub against the Giants on the road. Um, we got the Falcons going to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars. Atlanta's one-point favorites. not a lot of faith in the Jaguars, but I'm picking the Jaguars to win this game against the Atlanta Falcons. Their defense is pretty solid, and I think they're going to cause a lot of hell for the Atlanta Falcons offense um, and create a lot of pressure against Matt Ryan. Um, we got the Jets versus the Texans. No Mike White, no Joe Flacco. So I think they're going to either go with Johnson or, or uh, Zach Wilson, and I think the Texans win this game at home against the New, the New York Jets. Um, since, uh, with his name, uh, Joe Flacco and Mike White, they both went to the COVID list. So yeah, I think the Texans win this game, um, and create some hell for, for Zach Wilson back there, if he's the one starting. Let's see. We got the Broncos and the Chargers. The Chargers are playing the Broncos in Denver. Um, I like the Chargers to win this game. Um, I know the Broncos, they're tough out and it's a divisional game. They're in Denver. It'll be, it'll be pretty cold, 53 degrees, but, I still like the Chargers to win this game on the road um, and handle business up, up there in Denver. Um, Rams-Packers, it's an even game. The line is even on this game, um, but they are in Lambeau. But I'm going with the Rams. I think they bounced back from um, that loss to San Francisco. They went through. A, they had a bye week. I think they bounced back, and they come out here and make some noise and show everybody why they are still um, contenders for the Super Bowl drop the Packers to eight and four. And I think the Rams move on to eight and three. I think Odell has his hand, um, you know, his hands all over this game. I think he's going to get a lot of looks, a lot of targets. I think that with him coming off of this bye week, coming off like two weeks of practice, him, you know, being able to get that, that timing with Matthew Stafford and get, learn the plays and all of that. I think it's going to pay dividends against the the Green Bay Packers. And I think it's going to be a big game for him. And the L.A. Rams, they're going to come out with the victory. Um, we got the 49ers and the Vikings. The Vikings go to Santa Clara, take on the 49ers. 49ers are three-point favorites. Um, the Vikings, they, they've they come into their own lately. They're 5-5, five and five, um, and they're looking like they, they're they going to make a playoff push. But I, I think the 49ers are right there as well. I think they're coming into their own. They're getting healthy. Defense is looking good. Offense is clicking on all cylinders. You got Brandon Ayuk that's looking like he's uh, – He's back on pace from where he was last year. Because if we know, we I mean, if you know, he was balling last season. And we expected him to continue that. And he's kind of been a dud all season. But the last few games, he's been balling. Him and Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel been balling all season. Um, but Brandon Ayuk, he's coming into his own right now. And so I think that helps the 49ers offense. And if the defense keeps playing the way they're playing, they can easily make this playoff push. But I like the 49ers to beat the Vikings in this game. Um, then we got the Browns and the Ravens. And I'm taking the Ravens. Lamar Jackson's supposed to be back. He's, they're three and a half point favorites at home. Lamar Jackson's supposed to be back. I'm sure Hollywood would be back as well. Um, I'm not sure what's going on with Baker. I mean, I know he has the, the injuries, but he just doesn't, he just doesn't look good. Um, all season, he just hasn't looked good. And so, um, I don't know. The Browns they're going to have their handful, their hands full against the Baltimore Ravens. Now, Kareem Hunt may be back this game. They do have Nick Chubb back. Um, He came back last week or this past week, but I think the Browns, you know, I think they're going to lose this game. I think the Ravens are going to win this game and keep themselves in that contention spot um, to where they can be legit Super Bowl contenders. I don't know how John Harbaugh has done it. Um, I know Lamar Jackson has been playing like a man possessed. He's been playing well, but, but I don't know. I just, I don't know how, how they've been able to amass a seven and three record right now um, with, with all the injuries and stuff that they've had, but they're doing the damn thing. And I think they continue rolling moving forward. Then we have the Monday night game, the Seahawks versus the Washington football team. Like I said before, Seahawks don't look that good. Their offense doesn't look good. Their defense looks terrible. Um, and I think Washington is catching fire at the right time. This NFC East is going to be interesting, interesting, because I think the Washington Football Team they're catching fire at the right time, and I think, um, I think they win this game against the Seahawks. They, they're going to win this game on Monday night, um, and we're going to see we're going to see their defense on full full display, and we're going to see that offense. Uh, Taylor Heineke has been playing very well for them. Uh, he has a, what like 2,300 yards passing. Um, 15 touchdowns, but he doesn't really, he doesn't really turn the ball over, doesn't put the ball in harm's way. Um, and he just makes plays when, like he's not the franchise quarterback, but he makes plays when they need him to make plays. And he does, he does it very well. Um, he's, he's having a pretty good season and, you know, you can't really take anything away from him. And I, I think he's going to go out there and he's going to do what he needs to do against that, that porous Seahawks defense. Um, but like I said before, or I, I don't know if I said this before, but all of these picks are subject to change. I'm just letting y'all know right now they are subject to change. Um, so if you follow me on Twitter, you know, you'll see my lineup. you'll see my 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 picks set there. Um, if you don't follow me, go follow me on Twitter because like I said, all of these picks are subject to change. It is very early to be making these picks. I'm recording this on a Tuesday, so I don't know. By Saturday, that's when we really know who's hurt and who's not playing, who is playing, all this and all that for the, the Sunday game. So, like I said, these are subject to change. Follow your boy on Twitter, at DropBallsPod, so that way you can see my updated pics. Um, But, like I said, it's all subject to change. Um, but that's all I have for you all. Hope you all enjoyed the show. Hope you all have a very good Thanksgiving. Enjoy your family, your friends. Be safe, um, especially if you're going out Black Friday shopping. Please be safe um be stay diligent and until next time y'all be easy peace